Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another Baseball America Prospect Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. I'm joined again by my good friend, my colleague here at Baseball America, Josh Norris. We are breaking down the New York Yankees top 10 prospects and beyond today in the podcast. Josh, long time no talk. How you been, man? Well, it's, it's been, uh, it's been an, an eventful 24 hours since we talked last. Actually, it's less than that. I think we talked just like 18. hours. <laughs> To, to, not to say anything of all the Slack conversations and whatever other method communications we've had. Our super secret clandestine WhatsApp uh, messages were signal, with, Telegram, yes. homing, or, uh, uh, yeah, homing pigeon. Exactly. Where we, pigeons. Where we fix, where we fix prospect rankings all over and make sure that players that we like are ranked highly. If mm-hmm. anyway. Let's talk some New York Yankees. Uh, they have had somewhat of an eventful offseason, as much as you could say that in the 2024 offseason as we sit here on yeah. February 8th. Uh, but they acquired Juan Soto. They went out and they got uh, Alex Verdugo as well as some other pieces. They've traded out from the farm system to do so. There was a tweet that you put out during the handbook process, if I recall. I don't have it in front of me or the date. Uh, so forgive <laughs> me. I'm unprepared. But to summarize and sort of paraphrase a little bit, you said it of the time that you've been here at Baseball America, ranking the Yankees farm system, and I think doing as good of a job as anybody out there in terms of your reporting and work, you said it was the deepest that you had seen or could remember in this farm system. And the Yankees are typically known for having depth, I would say, because of how well they do uh, on the international market, where it seems like they just sign a million players every year. But beyond that, how much has that changed since the trades? How much has it impacted that that viewpoint that you had? Yeah, and I'll clarify that was before the Soto trade. So when they were, I might have been, yeah, I think it was before the Verdugo trade too. Um, so they were, you know, a little bit deeper before that. But I think it's a confluence of, 
you know, I, I've been going on since the summer about how deep the um, the lower levels of that system is, are, uh, specifically the FCL club, which, you know, I've been hearing from scouts all summer that it was stacked to high heck. And, you know, there were guys you know, having to play out of position because there were too many guys at one spot and you know, too many infielders. And, you know, there's multiple really high level talents on that team. You know, one guy said it was the best FCL club he'd seen in decades. And uh, that's part of it. But also, you know, what you see in the book is also um, because some of their top guys haven't graduated yet. Like, you know, next year we're talking at this time, I imagine Dominguez will graduate, Pereira will graduate, Austin Wells will graduate. That's three right there. I don't know about Chase Hampton. I'm 50 and a third big league innings this year would be surprising, maybe. I don't know. But it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him to graduate. And in that case, system will take a big hit. And then, you know, if if they do make some moves at the deadline, probably take some further hit. But, you know, they, they lost a fair amount of prospect capital. I think Drew Thorpe, you know, chief among them in the um, – in the Soto move. And they're still pretty darn good. We have them ranked somewhere in the 10, I think, uh, of, of our recent organizational rankings. See, I'm not prepared either. Um, but yeah, it's a really good system. It's really got interesting guys top to bottom. And now they've got to start plugging these guys in and getting the most out of them in the big leagues. That's that's the next step. Because you, like, once Dominguez comes back, you've got that guy who seems... You know, like he fit in the spot. I don't know where he's going to fit right now with Soto and Judge and Grisham. And there's one more I'm missing. Verdugo, um, all in the mix at the same time. That doesn't leave a whole lot of spot for, for Dominguez. But he certainly could, wouldn't hurt him to get a little bit more AAA seasoning once he comes back. Um, Austin Wells should have plenty of catching time. You can get him to play to his potential. That would be a boon for their system. I mean, he's not gonna—he's not the defensive catcher that Jose Trevino is, but he's better in theory offensive player. Uh, Pereira is somewhere in that mix too, but like I said, I don't know where he fits with um, guys like I just listened to the whole outfield: Soto, Verdugo, Grisham, Judge. Um, so there's there's a lot of seasoning to be done there, but they there's a prospects and they're top 100 prospects, and they're pretty talented. They've got that and a bunch of other guys from the you know 11 through 30 range and on down. Like doing the 31 through 40s, which you'll see, I believe, next week. It's not not hard to find uh, 10 more guys to at least write a couple sentences about. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that came to mind to me just spur of the moment here as we're chatting and you're going through all these different players and just the depth as well on the positional side at the major league level. They have plenty of talent at the top of this system and throughout to potentially pull off a few more big trades. And we certainly know that if they want to spend up to their potential, they have the budget and capabilities to spend with anybody and take on contracts. So it seems like heading into 2024, the Yankees are in a really advantageous position uh, to potentially one up some of their rivals in the AL East, which you know we know from top to bottom is very strong. Um, them and the, they and the Orioles have the ability to go out and make big moves still. And uh, I think that's that's really interesting. Um, and obviously, the Yankees, unlike the Orioles, probably, but we'll see with the Orioles, but probably don't have the 
any constraints when it comes to taking on salary and you know potential cost and that sort of thing. So they're in a they seem like they're in a better spot than they've been in from like an asset and a major league standpoint than they've been in a long time. You know, despite a disappointing 2023. Is that wrong or how do you feel about that? I, I think so. I mean a lot of it's gonna hinge on the pitching staff. You know, Garrett Cole is and remains Garrett Cole. Uh you'd like to see better what you for than what you got from Carlos Rodon. Uh uh, Nestor Cortez needs was to be injured healthy. as well. Yeah. What'd you say, uh, Jeff? Nestor, Nestor was injured as well. Yeah. You'd like to see a return to health for some of these pitchers because that it, I did mention a lot of uh, players. I didn't mention a whole lot of pitching. Yeah. Um, Chase Hampton is one of them, but they did they did really deal from the pitching depth. You know, Michael King was he wasn't a prospect, but he was uh, one of their bitter breakout guys last year. And he was one of the headliners of that trade. Same with Randy, uh, the Soto trade. Randy Vasquez, too, would have got filled that mix. Uh, Drew Thorpe could have been in line for some big league time at some point. Um, so they have to hope they get what they can from their current yeah. rotation. Will Warren is in there, too. I should, I should mention that. Yeah, he, for sure. So those, but, that's what it's going to hinge on this year. And uh, guys staying healthy, too. Sure. And they went out and they got Marcus Stroman, who's yes, I forgot about Stroman. middle of the rotation sort of innings eater. Clark Schmidt took a step forward last year. Mm-hmm. He's got to take another step forward this year to really hold that rotation spot for the Yankees. And as you mentioned, you know, Cortez, Rodon, I'd have to look at the combined number of starts that they made last season, um, but way under what you would have projected. The quality when they were on the mound was way under what you would have projected. Full healthy seasons from those guys, I think mm-hmm. you're right, are – are sort of the key or they use some of this prospect capital uh, to potentially trade out. Or there's a a two-time Cy Young winner sitting out there. who's just costs money. Who would that be? Blake Snell. Oh, that's true. I don't, (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Lefty in Yankee stadium. Not too bad either. That's a good fit, but it, have you heard any smoke around Snell, the Yankees? I feel like it was like he was going to Seattle and then it was like an abrupt stop. I mean, I'm not gonna speculate, but I mean, I, I think I, I thought I read somewhere that they were the only team that's actually made an offer. That's interesting. Yeah, you might be right about that. I'd have to double check. But hey, that's also a potential uh, possibility there. They do need, I think, another arm or two. I think that's a you can you can never ever 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 have too much pitching ever. It's very <laughs> true. Very true. But with that being said, let's get into some of those tradable assets, some of those exciting players that could contribute this year. In just a moment after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. All right, and we are back. Um, Josh Norris talking Yankees prospects uh, here with me, Jeff Ponce. Josh, top of the system, we already mentioned Jason Dominguez. I think he's a known commodity at this point. We saw him in the big leagues for a little period of time. He should be back at some point this season. Whether he contributes to the big leagues, you talked about that in the opening. I think we can pass over Jason Dominguez. Uh, are you okay with that, Josh? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a... a Potential, really good big leaguer, but sure. I don't know when you're going to see him. It depends on how the rest of the rehab with the surgery goes. It sounds like it's what's fine, but you know, it, it is what it is at this point. Um, there, are, you know, you're talking about Jason Dominguez. I think everybody knows about Jason Dominguez. The arguably until recent days, the most famous prospect in the minors. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say that that's that's probably. Uh... I mean, and just because I mean, the hype couldn't have been bigger around him, just kind of the because of when he signed, like he signed to all the hype, and then the pandemic hit, so you had to wait yeah. two years for that official debut, and then you know you saw fits and starts of the guy. Yeah, and, I'd say Paul Skeens might rival that a little bit, just because of how famous he was in college, and you know, does Paul uh, Skeens have a nickname? Does Paul Skeens have a nickname? Exactly. He's got to have a nickname. It certainly isn't the Martian. He's got a faint. He has a he has a famous uh, influencer girlfriend that uh, is well known. Does so. she have a nickname? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Right. Is uh, Livy her first name? That's kind of a nickname. I don't even it? know who we're talking about. But Livy. Uh, anyway, but I'll say like yeah, he's up there with among the most famous prospects that I've certainly covered in my decade or so of 
covering prospects, and I'm sure you're, you're right there with, with me. Let's talk about somebody that I think is super interesting and has massive potential, also an outfielder that's super tooled up and is kind of an alien himself. That's uh, Spencer Jones. There are not a lot of players like Jones. was a two-way player uh, back in his California high school days, went to Vanderbilt as a two-way player, eventually has just matriculated as uh, an outfielder only. But he's 6'6", 225 pounds, super athletic, uh, can play some center field, left-handed hitting, left-handed throwing, really tooled up, as I said, some of the bigger power in the minors. Um, but there's some hit tool concerns, some other things there. So, Josh, talk to me about Spencer Jones, what you're getting in your reporting. We have him pretty high in the top 100 as well. Yeah, like those top three guys, Dominguez, Jones, and Pereira, I think if you surveyed, you know, 15 scouts, you'd get – I don't think you can get 15 different combinations, but you'd get all the combinations you can possibly get of those three guys. There are some scouts that are super duper high on Jones. And, you know, if you see him on the right series, you see it. Like You see a guy who can potentially play center field. You see power. You see athleticism. You see speed. You see all those things. See him on the wrong series, and you see a guy who's going to swing and miss a ton and, you know, has that frame. 6'6 six, six is, is – I would love to be 6'6", six, six, but – as a hitter, you get more holes that way. We have to, we do have to remember that a guy like, you know, Aaron Judge being six seven and having the hit tool that he does, is not the norm. Like there are plenty of guys who are like, you know, I'm trying to think of a tall guy who had big hit tool. Concerns. I'll, I'll pull one out of the hat here. Stephen Moya, um, had huge hit. I mean, Joey Gallo is a big boy. He had hit tool concerns and big time power. So that. You know, the holes in his swing come from the frame somewhat, but he had swing decision issues. Uh, he had weaknesses against spin. Um, and when I talked to some people, they said it wasn't just swing and miss. It was sometimes getting caught looking. So that speaks into swing decisions as well. For a while, his strike his strikeout rate was north of 30%. He got better as the year went along, but it's still not you know exceptional or anything. This is going to be a guy who has extremely high ceiling. Uh, but also it could crash and burn. I put him there because I do tend to favor upside and I, the evaluators I trust uh, believe that upside is pretty darn high. Like at 60, very high. They try to say, this is the ceiling he has, but it's not quite extreme. I limit those to like, you know, guy has like TJ or some sort of really scary injury or whatever. Oh, I mean, even that. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's a high, I mean, I think it's kind of a high floor still because of the defensive value and the power dude's going to get, he's going to get lots of major league time to figure it out whether he does or not, whether the hit tool, all that sort of thing, whether, you know, there's too many holes in the swing. That's another story, but. Yeah. It's it's a fun player. I wish I'd gotten to see more of him last year. I only, I think last, yeah, definitely last year pandemic aside, was the least amount of Yankees minor league baseball I've seen since I was 22 years old. Wow. And I am 38. Uh, so I saw a game and a half last year. So I saw one game in Hickory, and then it rained for the second game in Hickory. So I saw like eight at-bats of Spencer Jones. Yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm excited to see more of him this season. I'm sure I'll uh... – We'll see him playing with the Somersets. I would say I'll probably get him back in Somerset. And I would imagine at some point I'll probably see him with uh, with the Scranton Wilkesbury as well. So, yeah, and, and and if they do get aggressive and assign him to Scranton Wilkesbury out the gate, well, I just I mentioned you off off mic that 
I won't be here when they come to Durham. So <laughs> they come to Durham at the exact wrong time for me. That's, uh, yeah, no, it, we'll see. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I apologize that they're coming at the wrong time. But, but I don't think but, you uh, do. I don't get I don't get all the other good affiliates in the in the AAA region. I also don't think they're going to assign them just to Scranton out the gate, but we'll see. So anyway, we're playing the hits here. I want to talk about some more really interesting players here in the top ten. You want to play the misses? Cool. <laughs> no, we're not going to play the misses. We're playing the hits, baby. We're we're playing the up and comers. We're playing the guys that people are tuning in to hear about. They don't. They know about Austin Wells, man. They know about some of these guys that have been in the major league level. We're going to talk about Roderick Arias now. This is somebody yeah. that I missed when I was down in the FCL and I caught three games with that really exciting Yankees FCL team. Um, but the feedback you were getting from scouts and I had similar conversations, it's really loud around Arias. So we have him four in the system. What makes him such a special prospect? He can do everything. He can hit. He can hit for power. He can run. He can throw. He can field. I mean, this guy has a potential to be a five-tool true shortstop. And, you know, those don't grow on trees. His biggest hickey right now is that he's had two pro seasons and they've both been cut short by injuries. Um, it's unfortunate. Little bit of swing and miss in the zone. But, you know, everybody I talked to about him was just over the moon with, uh, with how talented this young man had a chance to be. I mean, the, the signature moment for his year was, I understand Alec Manoa is a bit of a, a depressed value or asset, but he took him off the batter's eye in the FCL, which is pretty darn good because I, I don't care how bad Alec Manoa was last year. He should be able to cut up an FCL lineup, but uh, he, he did not. Um, he, should, he should make for the centerpiece of a really interesting uh, – high a or high a low a tampa club this year um like that most of the jewels from that fcl club should make the arduous trek across himes avenue over just uh, george steinbrenner stadium and uh play in the fsl all year with the uh, the auto strike zone um i it would be very unsurprising if arias were the number one prospect in this system next year and if you yeah. told me, you know, he had the highest upside of anybody in this system, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't argue with you. And that's There's wild. to be made. Yeah, and you're putting that above a really talented player like a, a Jason Dominguez. Uh -huh. um, that being said, all right, so Arias, Love you have a good breakdown there, really exciting. I'm going to go into another one of my favorites. We're going to talk a couple of arms now. You're going yeah, to soliloquy for a while because you're Mr. Mitchell the much maligned Yankees arms. Um, I'm a big fan of Chase Hampton. I had an opportunity to see him later in the season when the velocity was down a little bit. Um, so he was sitting more like 92 to 94, would reach back. I think he popped maybe a five or a six a few times. Might have touched a seven. Um, but really good shape on the four-seam fastball. He's got good secondaries. He has a cutter that's really effective. He can throw a changeup. Um, you know, there's a variety of, of – breaking ball shapes here um i believe there's a there's a slider and a curveball as well uh and you can throw all of them for strikes it's it's an interesting pitch mix there's some pitchability there uh this is a guy that exceeded his um previous innings high and that dates back to college high school etc uh so some of the, the the velocity falling off i think was probably expected but got through a season healthy and was really effective Josh, what was the feedback like that you were getting on Chase Hampton? Because I feel like 
he was arguably one of the nicer, pleasant surprises for this Yankee system last year. And they had quite a few pleasant surprises. Yeah, they, they do this to me every year where they have a guy who is like just off the 30 who comes out and jumps up. Uh, Garrett Whitlock comes to mind. Um, uh, Will Warren, then Chase Hampton. And I'm. Uh, we'll see how who's who's going to be this year. I don't. I don't think I've gotten it wrong, but I never do think I've gotten it wrong until the season starts. Uh, actually, full disclosure, one uh, the guy I would have banked on that being uh, was uh, one of the guys they traded in the Perdugo deal, which was Nick Nick Judas. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to to see him included in that deal because I was thinking, okay, this is my upside guy this year. Okay, well he's gone, so I'm. I know someone else liked him. Anyway, Hampton. Um, yeah, it's you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head. Four pitches, all strikes, um, all average or better pitches. I don't think he has a true knockout in there. I think the fastball is probably um, it's it's higher analytically than scouts uh, necessarily would say. Like it's it's a really dynamic. It's not a bad pitch to be to be sure, but it's even better when you look at the 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 metrics. Um, I think last year was just, like you said, he kind of ran out of gas there at the end. And if you, if you can hold it over a full season this year, you're going to have something really interesting. It was quite a discussion between him and Thorpe, uh, when Thorpe was still in consideration for the system. Um, you had Thorpe had his, um, his fans based on a little more pitchability. And the, the I think he had the most strikeouts in the Yankee system yeah. since, well, i am not finished my sentence. Since uh, since 2002, um, I think Brandon Clausen was the last one. He <laughs> had the most strikeouts in the minors, I believe. I was like, yes! <laughs> I'd like to solve the puzzle. <laughs> um, yeah, he had the most strikeouts since, shoot, since I've been able to vote um, in the Yankees system. So it was a darn good year for, for Drew Thorpe, but it was kind of neck and neck who you prefer him or Hampton. I don't I honestly don't remember which way I had them. I think they printed one way. I think it was Thorpe was above him. Um but yeah he's a really interesting prospect and right now the top arm in the system. Although I think if you want to make this a nice little segue, I think Lalane Lalane might have a uh, higher ceiling. But is it Lalane? I believe so. So we've been saying Henry Lalane all this time and it's it's Henry Henry Lalane. Henry Lalane, yeah. Um Anyway, yeah, I think he has a higher ceiling, but you know Hampton has certainly proven it at higher levels at this point, and that does mean something. Um, but yeah, Chase Hampton, really interesting prospect. I'm sure Yankee fans will get to see a lot of him in uh, big league camp this year. Yeah, um, I like Lilani quite a bit. I got to see him down in uh, the FCL against the Blue Jays lineup, and he just absolutely shoved for like three or four innings. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean. There are not many six-foot-seven lefties uh, that have yeah. that stuff and can throw some strikes, too. Yeah, he could be he could be an absolute monster. There's really no two ways about it. He has monster potential. But Hampton has really good potential, too, and he's done it you know, at, outside of the complex. So I gave the nod to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. Can we can we start a nickname now for Lalane that he is the monster? No, I think no. we've learned the uh, cop, copyright restrictions from Eminem and Rihanna. And uh, I was I was going to say Dick Raditz. That was that was his nickname. If you really want to go back in time, but I don't. Um, yeah, anyway, here on the Bear Podcast. 
we're getting a little long now. We've gone through the top 10, Josh. Mm-hmm. Give me a couple of breakouts. Give me a couple of names that you think are exciting from 11 to beyond. Uh, I know we had a couple of 12 and 13 that we had penned, but go with whoever you want here as we close the show up. Uh, the name I am really excited about is number 23, Angelf Urania. Um, he was my breakout last year, and unfortunately, he got hurt and didn't play an inning. So uh, that didn't work out. But when, you know, two handbooks ago, this was a guy, when you talk to evaluators, you know, you hear when they praise guys, but sometimes you can hear them talk differently. And the way Yankees officials talked about Urania, they were really, like, their voice changed a little bit. Like, you know, this is the guy we're really excited about. And, you know, he had, I remember the the story I told or I, I heard and then put in the handbook was he homered on his, I think it was his first at bat of his first game in the DSL. And they found out later that he had done it with a broken hand because he had got the ball fouled off it behind the plate um, the previous half inning and didn't realize it. So he went oppo with a broken hand and then kind of went to the dugout and was like, this hurts. And they x-rayed it and that was that was it. Um, but this is the guy who has the potential to be a really special bat at the lower levels of the minor leagues. Um, I'm interested to see what becomes of John Cruz. Obviously a big year as a 17-year-old in the FCL, which, you know, if you know me, you know I love age and context, and that's a big flashing green light to me. Um, let's see, who else do I like? Uh, Yorbit Vivas. Like, he got a lot of... Um, Love in the Dodgers system. He just came over from the Trey Sweeney deal. Kind of can hit a little bit. All right. And sometimes if you talk to a evaluators, you can say he can hit a lot. He, he can hit a lot. Wow. Um, not so much with defense, but he can hit. Uh, Brock Selvage kind of had a little bit of a breakout year in the uh, full season minors. Really filthy slider. The metrics really love it. Um yeah, those are the guys that really jump out to me. I think everybody else is kind of um, known. Uh, guy you might see in the big league bullpen. I think he ranked in the book, but got pushed out by the new um, international signees. Is Jack Neely. He had an obscene amount of strikeouts. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the big leagues this year. Uh, those are the guys that really come to mind. Oh, and uh, in the same vein as um, Engelth Urania, they are really high on a, a right-hander named Angel Benitez or Angel Benitez. Um, but he had TJ, uh, I think toward the end of 2022 and missed all of last year. So he might be a guy to break through this year in the, the FCL. I think that's pretty much the guys I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if I do get to see Yankees affiliates this year. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun group. Definitely a year to get out to the ballpark and see some Yankees prospects, uh, particularly in the early going. Cause some of these guys might be on different yeah. teams. Come August 1st or whatever. Uh, yeah, like I want to, you know, I haven't been to Florida since before the pandemic. I'd like to get to the FSL and the FCL at some point and see some of these guys that I've been hyping up and take some some films of them with my super slow-mo camera that if you follow my Twitter feed, at jnorris427, uh, you know I love using. Um, it'll be fun to get, a, you know, Roderick Arias on tape on the beautiful slow-mo footage. 
exactly. I am not as fancy with a slow-mo camera, but I will be down there in spring training shooting some video of as many. Uh, yeah, he's going to, he's going to Florida. I'm going to Arizona. Yeah. Let loose. We'll see. I might be down there for multiple weeks. Yeah, he's going to – you're going to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You'll be down there so long. Ah, you know, get, get in some uh, preseason OTAs or whatever, right? You know, mm-hmm. go out there, you know, run some 4-3-40s. You know, my usual stuff. All right. That being said, for Josh Norris, for Jeff Ponce, this has been another installment of the Baseball America Prospects podcast, counting down the Yankees' top 10. Thank you for tuning in. Like, rate, subscribe. Only say nice things, please. Otherwise, my feelings will be hurt. And to all the subscribers out there for BaseballAmerica.com, we appreciate your support. And uh, we'll be back with more Top 10 Podcasts very shortly. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.